the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Welcome to the SpotTrack.com podcast. I'm Kevin Sylvester. No Paul Peck this week, so all the Paul Peck fans, I'll to you. Yeah, tune out now. <laughs> but that's Mike Gennetti, of course, the founder of SpotTrack.com. You know, Mike, we have uh, spent so much time and will again here as we're getting closer and closer to the league year, which starts next week in the National Football League, um, talking about NFL free agency. And I just, you know, and the combine just happened uh, in the NFL, and, you know, you've got that cap, and NFLPA's throwing out numbers, uh, team cap numbers, and I know you're having fun with that, by the way. I don't mean to pick that scab, but um, you can either comment or not. <laughs> the, real, real quick, the NFLPA yeah. put out salary cap numbers by team, right? Right. So, so, so really what we're looking at when you look at that tweet today is an adjusted salary cap for every team. What, what does that mean? It means – the $177 million league cap that was just announced yesterday, plus any rollover cap from last year, gets you a number, what's called an adjusted salary cap for that team. All that means is that's that team's limit and cap. It doesn't talk about any salary that's already been spent in terms of contracts on the books right now and things like that. So it's got nothing to do with cap space. It's literally just that team's ceiling for cap for this coming year. Okay, good. They could have said that, right? Possibly. <laughs> all right. I'm just, you know. Um, well, listen, uh, that's why SpotTrack.com has all the information, all the signings, and, and those signings uh, continue to happen, and we'll see more and more throughout here. Players being re-signed or players have been cut and signing uh, with their teams. I, I do want to mention guaranteed money because we, we talked about this, and we're not going to spend all, a, whole, a whole ton of time on guaranteed money, but there's all this uh, money that's reported out there, but there is the true value is in guaranteed money at signing, right? I mean, that's that's the money that matters, and then cash matters. Right, right. All the different elements of the contract that come out, and they will be reported, you know, in, in grave detail next next week with the start of free agency. But really, this was just kind of a precursor for what's coming, right? So these these big free agent contracts, you know, will be reported in the next few days in terms of what's being you know agreed to and things sure. like that. And then obviously they'll they'll come to fruition on March fourteenth. But uh, really, I just wanted to take a moment to, to remind people that uh, of how important the guaranteed money at signing is. That That is the key factor with all of these contracts that we'll be putting in. And we'll have a column for that on our free agent tracker at SpotTrack.com, where you'll be able to see the, the, the total value, which is the reported value of the contract, how much in practical guarantees. So what, what we mean by that is, let's say there's $40 million guaranteed at signing, but that if they stay another year, there's maybe another 10 million guaranteed that that fourth year, for instance. So we, we do a practical guarantee figure and then we do the guaranteed at signing figure, which is it's money that's guaranteed as soon as he signs the contract, whether that's a signing bonus, guaranteed salary, roster bonus, roster bonus, things like that. That that's it. That's that's the number you really want to be looking at in terms of of everything. In terms of how, how long that lasts in terms of years. So if there's guaranteed money in the second and third year, then you can essentially count it. You know, a three year deal instead of a five year deal, which might be the total report. But really, really, that's just the, that's the term to think about in the back of your head as you're as you're reading Twitter and you're reading you know articles out there and you're seeing these reports come in. Guaranteed money at signing. And, and really, what I've done just quickly for a few minutes here is I've sort of assessed that term over the past few seasons to kind of see if it's becoming more of a of a vice for contracts at the free agent period. And, and it has slightly. It has. So the numbers are sort of staggering. So so bear with me. But uh, three years ago, 2015, free agent period. There were two billion free agent contracts signed, right? Total total contracts two billion. 
700 million of that was guaranteed at signing. So you're talking about 34%, you know, hmm. which, you know, that's that, no, that's interesting. Not right. Not no, it's not great for the players. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. no. When you're talking about other leagues that are fully guaranteed there, you know, that, in terms of full guarantees, that's what we're talking about with the NFL. We're talking about three years ago, 34% of these major contracts were fully guaranteed. That's basically, all right, let me pare it down to everybody listening right now. And uh, I'm going to offer you a new job with the Acme company here. Sure. And I'm going to pay you, you know, over the next three years, I'm going to pay you $100,000 a year. That's 300000 I'm going to guarantee you yeah. thirty-four grand. Yeah. Okay, uh, you know that's it. That's your that's your signing. What's a guarantee? The rest, you know, if you stick around, you earn that. But there's no, you know, it's a. I can cut you loose, but I'm only guaranteeing you thirty-four thousand dollars a year, and you're like, oh, great! And I'm gonna give it to you up front that's as a right. bonus. That's Here you right. go. Sign on. Here's your thirty-four thousand, and then you think, okay, I'm gonna make that other two hundred and sixty-six thousand dollars. Well, you probably make sixty six thousand of it, and then yeah, you're not that. Good. I'm going to cut you loose. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> it's it's staggering, and that's and a very simple. It, it's it's a pretty staggering number for such a physical sport where you, where you know you really have to put yourself out there, and you know hopefully these numbers improve, and they have improved, but I don't think at a, at a rate that agents and players would would like them to. So just fast forwarding until to, to yeah. 2016, it's only increased to 37%. But that was on two and a quarter billion. Yeah, I mean, right? yeah, the, the reported values are definitely going up. I mean, there's no question that contracts continue to get bigger and bigger in terms of total values. The, the, the guaranteed part of it is only slightly getting bigger, though, right? So 2.2 billion, where, where 840 million were, were guaranteed at signing. And then just last year, we had almost 2.5 billion in total reported contracts. 950 million of which were guaranteed signing. So, so we're, we're over 38% in, you know, which is about almost 5% increase over three years. So I, I don't know, may, maybe we'll hit that 40% mark this year. I, I think that's, that's probably a fair assessment, but it's, it's nowhere near where it should be. In, in my opinion, where we are right now, seven years into this new CBA, we should be at least at 50%. You would think so, yeah, right? We really should. I mean, I mean, and obviously this is positional too. And I'm going to put a report up later, and I'll have that on Twitter and on Facebook as well. But uh, I'm going to put a report together that shows you the, the positional breakdown of how this guaranteed money lays. And 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 it's not going to surprise you for a lot of reasons. I mean, your quarterbacks and your wide receivers and your defensive tackles—they're going to be your your breadwinners in terms of this guaranteed money. But th- there's going to be some. The, in terms of the three-year span, which I've, I'll break it out for you, you're going to see how running backs were devalued, and you're going to see how cornerbacks were increased and things like that. And, and you're sort of going to see how the total contracts that we see every day, but the reported, are sort of being reflected in terms of the guarantees. And to me, that's got to change. It, it's just got to change. It, it, every single position should be in that 45 to 50, 50% range in terms of guarantees, um, and, and teams should just deal with dead cap. And if they don't want to deal with dead cap, what they, what they can be doing is what we see teams starting to do, which is front load, short-term deals, almost all guaranteed. That way there's no dead cap after you're done, right? We, that's what essentially what the franchise tag is. That's, that's what you're going to see with Jimmy Garoppolo in two to three years here based on that, that front-loaded salary. Um, to me, that's where we need to go. And, and I think teams know that. And that's why we're seeing s- ridiculous amounts of cap space available to a lot of teams. I mean, you're seeing five to six teams with 60 million plus in cap space. And that's why they want to be able to get expensive short-term contracts to the players so that they can move on without dead cap players can be compensated properly and hopefully everybody wins yeah no it it makes sense when you put it that way it does make sense because as you were going through uh, the numbers there as far as the percentages uh, you know the amount of money like 953 million off of 2.2.5 billion dollars that's guaranteed 
it makes sense. If if I owned a team, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. But yeah. if I owned a team, <laughs> I would want the flexibility to not be um, weighed down by long term expensive contracts. I want to, and frankly, there's business owners listening to this right now. You own a business. You want the top talent you can get, and you want to be flexible if that top talent doesn't perform to the expectations you had when you hired said talent. So this does make sense. And if you're the talent, uh, especially these millennials, right, as most of these players are, they're young, you know, they're not like the 30-year corporate loyalty is gone. And I think the same thing with teams now too, right? In sports, we see that because of contracts. So we, uh, uh, we shouldn't be surprised that, the players want as much money up front as possible to go in there and give me that give me that guarantee money so I know what I'm going to make. And if it doesn't work out, then I, I can go get another front-loaded deal and get the money now. Like who doesn't? It's like if you win the lottery, you want the money now, not the payments over 20 years. Yeah, and, and look, it's it's not an accident that Kirk Cousins reportedly wants a short-term contract, and that's not just so that he's a free agent in three years. Right. I mean, right. that is part of it, obviously. Sure. But it, it it's for this reason. It's for I, I don't want some five year contract offer that the Redskins gave me that's spread out over five years where I can't make my money until the fourth year, which I might not even get to because Correct. they can probably cut me before that. Look at that five, six to seven years ago when the CBA hit and, and the hard cap hit. That's what teams were doing, right? Obviously, they were spreading things out so that they had team friendly contracts so that cap hits were spread out so that everything worked for them. The players have started to take things back over here, and, and that's a good thing. It's where the Kirk Cousins request is where other people should be right now in terms of leverage. I, I want to be in and out. I want to make my money. I want to produce, right? I want, I want to be compensated, but I want to be on a, on a team where I can win. And I'm, I'm hoping teams figure out how to make that work. And I think we're going to see that in the next probably five days. Here. Well, because in other sports, you're, uh, I'll use uh, hockey, mm-hmm. for example. You are locked in. You're like, you're locked in with a team that you sign with your initial for five years at least, probably six, yeah. maybe seven, maximum eight. Yeah, right. And you know, then by the time you hit free agency, you might be out of your prime, or you just might be in the middle. You get one. Usually, players in the National Hockey League get one crack at free agency, yep. and everybody's up. Everybody's upset, like, oh, why are they testing the market? Why won't they resign? Because it's their only shot uh, to really move where they want to move uh nba we're seeing the short-term deals right yeah and so those players the movement with the players is a little bit easier they're controlling that more i think we're seeing that we're starting to see that in major league baseball or we're, we're seeing nothing in major league we're, baseball we're, right i mean nothing's happening i think we're in the middle of the transition of uh from you know the hockey contract to the basketball contract but it's it's getting ugly i mean we're, we're st- there's still some big big names out there and we're headed towards the middle of spring training now so yeah, we're definitely in some sort of transition. There's there's courts getting involved now in all sorts of, of legal matters and all that. But the the, the 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 MLB teams appear to be sharpening up to this, and and I think players should be too. I, I don't think players should be taking this as a negative. I think they should be saying, "Look, at we don't want ten year deals, you know, on teams that are, are going to be bad in three years where we're going to be stuck." We I think this is a positive thing for both sides. We just need to figure out how to compensate it properly, and I think that's some like. I think the Kirk Cousins situation should be the poster boy for this, right? I think we're going to see what could be like a three-year, ninety million, fully guaranteed contract. You know, if, if sure. this works out, you know, I say that after just talking about how little guaranteed money there is, but ho- hopefully, we're getting to a point where a quarterback on the free agent market is worth that. Well, you know, the interesting thing about contracts, um, and having had some in the media world, all right, uh, n- not uh, athletically, but anytime 
you sign a contract, the clock starts ticking immediately. And I think human nature is, oh, I got to get my next contract. Yeah. I got to perform for that next contract. So the old the old way of thinking uh, was, well, I, I need a long-term deal. Um, and in today's world, and even today's media world, three years is a long-term uh, deal with these things. So um, I, I think that has changed mentally overall in the workforce, meaning the athletes. That has changed where three years is a long-term deal. I got to assume every agent uh, whose client signs a five-year deal, they tell them, look, this is a this is a three-year deal. That's right. Yeah. Right? It's, it's about educating the structure, and, and I think we're, we're all getting better at that. I think teams have been. I think players and agents definitely have been. And like I said, this is it's win-win for both sides. Yeah, I think three years is long in terms of yeah, NBA contracts. I mean, that's sure, right. it's an eternity for, for, for their superstars. So. Yeah, it's getting better. Hopefully, we're going to see a little bit of that with the NFL. I don't think we're going to see too many five-year deals like like we've been. Quarterbacks will get it right. I mean, it's quarterback it's the po- only position possible. that will get the, no. the big, big deals, defensive end maybe. Yeah, I think your pass rushers will do that. We're going to see some. I think maybe Demarcus Lawrence if he if he signs a long-term deal with Dallas, I think that would be a nice big juicy you know Von Miller type deal. Um, so we're still going to see that with positions of of power, but. I, I do think, you know, for, for players, especially the quarterback position where injury isn't, you know, super, 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 pop, you know, you know, right. prevalent, um, short, get short, get paid, get out and then, uh, move on from there. Do you know what it's not good for? I don't think it's good for the fans. The, these short-term contracts. Yeah, you can't buy jerseys. Yeah. Well, sure. yeah, no, <laughs> well, it's, it's right. Well, it's not only that you can't buy jerseys, but, um, you it's know, tough to root. It's tough to it's root. tough to root for teams with this much turnover, and and that's right. that's been a problem with for other sports is is how do you kind of how do you maintain rivalries and yeah it's a it's a big big part of of the, being a fan, being you know teams within proximity of each other. I th- I feel like all of that's sort of fallen off a cliff recently, and it's because of things like free agency and trades and and so much movement, um, and really that all kind of dwindles back to the salary cap, right? I mean, if there's when there's not a salary cap, when you look at baseball, you know at least over the past fifteen years. You know, you're seeing a lot of long-term deals like we've talked about. There are a lot of guys that you can rely on year by year, and, and, and it's easier to root for a situation like that. And, and it's getting less and less easy to do that in basketball, and I think football's getting worse and worse by, by year as well. I think what, – what do you think of the – well, let me propose an idea to you. Sure. What do you think of a legacy exemption in each of the sports that have a CBA? They used to have that Larry Bird rule, yeah. but that was to bring in somebody – a veteran – at a what a million dollars in the NBA, yeah. uh, but I mean a legacy exemption. So you have a player. I'll try to think of a good example here. Um, I use Shane Doan. All right, for who just stayed there and they had to fit him under the cap at a certain number. But what if that number didn't count on your sure. cap? So you could keep that player because the fans love that player, yeah. and you can keep him around on your roster, and he plays plays it out. So it's like a franchise exemption instead of a franchise tag. I like that. It's a, yeah. yeah. It's just, he this is, is just, your franchise player, right? Yes. Like David Wright's in the, with the Mets, right? He can't even play anymore. But, right. But, you know, he, maybe, why should he count against the payroll? You can keep him. Yeah, I like it. I been, love it. Been a longtime player. Yeah. Like, you want to keep him around. Um, it doesn't fit under the cap if you can assign the player and you've got upcoming young and upcoming players. Yeah. Or you're up against it because you really built a good team, but you really want to keep – uh, that player on the roster, and you know maybe it's Gronkowski with uh, New sure. England at some point, and they want to keep him around. I and mean, he doesn't play a, a full time role, but he is your exemption for a legacy exemption. So he stays in the uniform for the entire amount of his career. So fans can you know see their guy stay. I, I think 
I think a league and a and owners doing anything for the fans is a lot to ask. <laughs> if I had to respond to that properly. Well, but you but you see it when players leave, right? Yeah. Um, when oh, yeah. when they they leave to go somewhere else because they're not going to pay them as much, or they don't want to pay them the contract they signed for, so they cut the player yeah. um, because they need the room on the salary cap. Don't get me wrong. They probably also want the money because it can be used elsewhere, resources, or take some profits, if you will. But there are players that uh, you know teams get heat for for letting go or cutting loose when they still got a few miles left on the car, but maybe not the best miles yeah. left on the car. Yeah. And you know teams just get crushed for it. And this is a it's a it's like a. PR exemption, if you will, to have the player on the roster and not have the money count on the cap. Yeah, I, it, it's tough with, with with the hard cap. I mean, you're you're scrounged for every dollar this time of year, unfortunately. So unless something like that exists, it's kind of like a backwards franchise tag, right? It's, it's super interesting, but it's a uh, it's a lot to ask. I mean, we're going to see quite a few roster cuts here in the next two weeks. I mean, I mean, really. I, I mean, I, I make a list every year, and this list has been not only long, but it has been full of veterans and all, all right so who will be pros. the most surprising if you can make a surprising prediction, the most um, surprising cut this year uh well i mean des bryant's not going to surprise anybody i don't think but uh that's certainly going to happen i, I it, i'm, I'm going to put that in ink i think that's will he be the biggest happen. name biggest name cut it, it's possible I, I think it's possible he's the biggest at this point just kind of seeing how everything else is fleshing out but I'm going to put it in ink that it's definitely going to happen, especially with this franchise tag to Demarcus Lawrence, because this this puts Dallas just in a mess in terms of cap. They are they're right up against it, if not there. And I, I don't I think there's 31 owners not crying and shedding a tear for Dallas <laughs> yeah. with this, right? Yeah, they this was the writing was on the wall with this <laughs> when they signed him that deal and had to add in security and protection and things like that. So this was this was a long time coming. He I mean he's been he's been good off the field. I mean he's been an okay player. He just the production just tanks. Right, so. just hasn't been spectacular. Yeah, no. so I, I do think he'll find a home. I mean, I, I'd put him in the Bears or in the Titans uniform pretty sure. quickly if I had to. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's going to be names. You're going to see, the, you know, I think Randall Cobb's going to be on the move. Again, another wide receiver that's going to get a job pretty quickly uh, with teams needing a guy that can go across the middle like that. Uh, I think the running backs are going to fall off very fast here. I think, uh, you know, we just saw the Bills sign Chris Ivory. He, he obviously was already cut last week. We're going to see guys like – I think DeMarco Murray's, you know, not long for Tennessee. I'm pretty sure uh, – um, excuse me, uh, C.J. Anderson won't make it in Denver just because they're already, you know, in cap trouble a little bit. And, sure. and they they need some some serious positional uh, gaps filled there, including <laughs> the quarterback position. So uh, I think Theo Riddick is a running back. Who, who can you know catch the ball out of the backfield? That might be a name that pops up on people's radars. Who uh, doesn't make it through? Obviously, Tavon Austin will not be a Ram next year. I'm going to put that in Sharpie, um, just because <laughs> because he's got like four catches in three years, and his cap number is eight million dollars. So, can yeah. I make a, a a cut? The Rams should cut the uniforms. Yeah. Like, what is the deal yeah. with the white yeah. and the yellow? Like, just pick one, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be some uniform changes this year, too, so I can't wait to see some of that. Yeah, the Jags are changing. I'll give you a name. I'll give you a name. Michael Crabtree. I'm pretty sure Michael Crabtree is going to get cut out of the Raiders, and that's interesting because he had a great year. He's had a great two years. I mean, he values more than he's worth right now. I mean, he values $10.5 million. He's worth seven. So to to me, it's interesting. It's got to be a team fit. That might be a situation where Gruden just doesn't want to deal with that, you know, to start his regime. Um, But that's a a name because I think – I think if he's out there and you've got Sammy Watkins and Allen Robinson and 
And like I said, Des Bryant and Randall Cobb, you've got a you've got a heck of a wide receiver class, you know, coming March 14th that I think will really draw some interest. Not to mention a decent draft class in wide receivers, right. which is being overshadowed by these quarterbacks. But uh, that's a position to watch for sure. For do you the next get two weeks. do you get Crabtree's gold chain with him? I think you'd probably have to buy him a new one, right? Probably. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, someone's got to buy him a new one, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that comes with it. But <laughs> after that incident, I'll tell you, that's a heck of a player. Um, I like. If, listen, if I have my fantasy out. team. I have yeah. my fantasy team. He started every Gets week. Gets in the for end me. zone. That's the thing. Well, I he's mean, a big target. He'll yeah. go over the middle. Yeah, I, I like him better than some. You know, you mentioned Cobb. Yeah, uh, he's more dynamic, I think, but. I like Crabtree a lot. I, I think a team will be all over him. And, and I think I put him ahead of Dez just because of his ability to find the, t- the end zone. And I and I think, I mean, Allen Robinson's younger, but he's coming off a, ma- a nasty ACL injury. Yeah. And uh, the, and Watkins, with, Watkins has had injury man, history, right? Yeah, when so. Watkins has 40 catches, you know, over the right. past couple of years. I mean, he, he's just fallen off the cliff as well. Um, so it's a position to watch. It's going to be super interesting. And, and look, there's a couple of tight ends out there as well who – you know, maybe maybe roster bubble guys, but just in terms of free agency, you've got a guy like Tyler Eifert, who, you know, two-year All-Pro, who who couldn't stay healthy the last eighteen months, but uh, since he's going to let him walk, that's that's a guy who is, if he's healthy, he's going to make mm-hmm. somebody really good in the next couple of years here. So, it's it's going to be a nice little free agent period. Like I said, it's not all about quarterbacks, but in a year where quarterbacks are available. That's pretty much all we need to talk about. Yeah, really. <laughs> sure. Well, we've talked a lot about quarterbacks. Uh, you can go in spottrack.com and check out the video. I want to ask you about baseball. Yeah. Can we transition to baseball Always. here? Always. So, yeah, I know you love baseball. And uh, so why 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 haven't we seen uh, a lot of signings? Yeah. I mean, what's your opinion on this from talking to people you know and seeing what's happening, frankly, what hasn't happened? So it's actually a discussion we can have with football, too, because a lot of what we're seeing right now and what we're going to see uh, relies on the compens- compensation pick, right? So so when, whenever NFL players leave teams and sign elsewhere, there there is a threshold where that the losing team can can gain a, a compens- comp- compensatory pick in the next year's draft, which is no slouch. I mean, it's a it's a third third round pick. It's it's going to be a nice player for you. So baseball's got a similar situation with the qualifying offer. Um, if you extend a qualifying offer to a free agent, which is sort of like a franchise tag. And the, but the player has the right to decline it, and they almost always do. So they decline the offer. They, they hit free agency. If and when a, cert, a, a team signs that player to a certain term at a certain level of money, right? There's, there's thresholds in terms of that. Then the losing team, the, losing, the, the player's previous team, gets a significant draft pick in terms of compensation. Um, and that's where we are right now. We're, we're at a situation where players want that, that term. They want the three-year deal. They want $50 million. They, you know, they, want, they want $20 million a year, which in baseball is you know, like 40th sure. in terms of the yeah. rankings, right? <laughs> um, but they want, they want you know, a significant payday. It doesn't have to be top money for these players. We're talking about some major pitchers like Arietta and, and Lance Lynn. But you know, my guess is they're looking for that third year and fourth year at you know, 30 years old, and teams just won't do it because the compensation, what they have to give up – in addition to the money to bring these guys in just isn't worth it for them. So that that's where we are. We're at a situation where there's actually some CBA logistics that is, that are holding these players back. And to, to me, that's probably where we are with courts and lawyers and agents, you know, being pissed off in, in conferences and things like that. Um, because the qualifying offer is screwing everything up right now. And it's a situation where, where players almost never sign it. So it's literally just a way for teams to say, I'm going to stop you from getting a lot of money. Right, I'm going to retain your rights yeah. here with a qualifying offer. Yeah. And you're like, uh-huh. yeah, it's, it's kind of garbage, honestly. Um, it, it, it had good intentions. It sort of had the intentions of, 
uh, of what we we talked about with the franchise player. It was it, w- it was intended to, to keep the player around, right. right? It was supposed to be a nice little salary, especially for players who weren't going to get top dollar anyway. The the problem is the money caught up fast, and and top dollar is thirty you know thirty million, and good money is twenty two twenty five million. So um, a qualifying offer on one year just doesn't hold up when you're talking about twenty million dollars when a player can go and get twenty two from a couple of teams pretty easily. So yeah, obviously the money's come down and the terms have come down. We're seeing, you know, a maximum five-year deal, even though there's been some eight-year deals out there. Like I said, there's player options and things like that, that have been built in. So, you know, terms have come down, money's come down. Um, the, the top players are still sort of hitting the, the market values we had them at. I mean, the, the Darvishes of the world and, and JD Martinez, they're, they're still coming in right about where they should be in terms of fair market value. Um, but structurally it's getting better. And I, like I said, I think this qualifying offer is something to watch because it sure seems like the agents are going to raise hell about it going forward here. What, uh, I, I have wondered this about baseball. Where does all the money come from? Hot dogs. T- no, well, I no. know it's not hot dogs. No, <laughs> okay. but I mean, it's, it's not just, you know, they have the gate, right? I mean, going to, a, going to a baseball game in America is still, I think a special thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a great family deal and there's nothing like going to the ballpark, yeah. having a beer, beer and a dog, card. right? Yeah. Scorecard, just hanging out. Uh, I think that that's great. That's literally I, my retirement plan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a spring training. Um, <laughs> You know, I know there's television dollars that, you know, the, the media part, that's huge. And I got to imagine that's where most of the money comes from. Well, you got to remember, most of these teams have their own networks. Right? That's true. I mean, yes. that's where we are with baseball. And I'm shocked football hasn't gotten there yet. But um, yeah, that's where we are. I mean, most of these teams have their own television networks, which brings in so much revenue outside of just showing the games that is. Right. So. The, cab- the, ca- then the cable homes, right? Yeah. People yeah. think, well, they, all the advertising. Advertising is part of it. But that, that monthly. The monthly check, right, from being on cable TVs and direct all day TVs. Long. Radio all shows, day. live radio right. shows. Yeah, I mean, all that comes with it, as you've been a part of, I'm sure. But uh, that's that's it. That's the crutch, is that these teams not only own their own gate and own their own stadiums, and, and but there's a television network to go with it where they can be all year round talking about this stuff and, and keeping it active. And uh, for a guy like me, I love it. I geek out on that stuff. So yeah, <laughs> I'm no, all for I, it. <laughs> I, I, I'm not faulting it. It's just amazing how quickly, as you mentioned, the revenues jumped, right, yeah. and, and the yeah. money and salaries in baseball. All right, I got one one final thing for you here on the, on the, on the podcast here. Um, we could talk about this for hours. Yeah. Um, we're just not sure you'd listen for a couple hours. <laughs> Stay with us. Forbes list came out, yeah. right? Um, of the 500, uh, you know, the list of billionaires. And there's sports owners on there. And I think Paul Allen is the wealthiest sports owner mm-hmm. of the CLC Hawks. I think he's uh, $22 billion. Which athlete is going to make that list someday, the top uh, 500? Which athlete's going to be the, the first to be on the list of the Forbes, of the Forbes, as a player or as an owner, just it could be um, either. Just you're you're just saying money accrued There's gonna be, throughout there, his lifetime. Throughout his lifetime, yeah, yeah, his net worth is going to uh, qualify him or her to be on the Forbes 500 billionaire list. I'm not going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say it's going to be Alex Rodriguez because oh, uh, interesting. He he just seems to have resuscitated his career, his his reputation. I mean, he's he's a front office guy now. I mean, he's working with the league, he's working with the Yankees, he's working for Fox as an analyst. I mean, the sky's the limit. I mean, I think you're going to start seeing him on TV everywhere. And if that turns into an eventual literal front office role for him with the team, you know, maybe he's boy, wouldn't it be something to have him out there competing against Derek Jeter again? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> in terms of owning a baseball team, um, I think the greatest nickname ever was Payrod. 
Yes. <laughs> With his contract. Yes. <laughs> I, so that wasn't my answer. Okay. Um, I had three, three, I had two answers. I'm I, guessing you're going basketball. I was talking about this with Paul. Okay. All right. Um, earlier today when he told me he wasn't going to be here. No, I knew he wasn't going to be here. But anyways, we were talking about this because uh, the list was out. And my initial answer was Tiger Woods. Sure. Um, sure. He was probably close to being there before he got divorced. Yep. Um, but either Tiger's brand is thriving again because yep. he's playing again. Uh, he's got the brand with Nike, course design. Academy, he's, he's got the school, right? Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. got so many other business interests, yeah. and that'll grow. Um, so he was my – and he's a guy I could see owning a, a sports team someday yeah. too. Very into sport. I could see him doing that. Um, so he was my first. Then I said, no. I said, Michael Jordan, yeah, who currently owns the Charlotte Hornets. Yes. So he, he owns a franchise. He, I think he is worth over a billion. Um, he's got the Jordan brand, which is growing, right, with teams. I, I just saw, I think I just saw his, his sneakers, like, are top five. I think the top five sneakers in the world are all Jordans right now. Yeah. Which is, I mean, the guy hasn't put on a basketball sneaker in forever. I mean, do it's you, ridiculous. Do you own a pair? I did, but I have not in a while. I but. do, actually. <laughs> I still do own a pair of uh, Jordans. You're living the dreams. Recently. Like no, you know what? I it, It's funny. They had a little dip. And yeah, really? They, they, they just shot back up, yeah. And they've, in fact, I wore them to play pickup basketball. That's what I bought them for. They're a black pair of Jordan 1s. Nice. Um, and I wore them to play basketball, and, this one, and that's all I wore them for. And this guy's like, whoa, look at you with the Jordan 1s. I go, yeah, I got it. He's like, no, those are... Those are worth money. I'm are, like, are they? Are Jordans as much as like Alonzo Ball's shoe? I mean, where do they rank in terms of that? I, mean, I know Steph Curry's are fairly reasonable, right? I mean, how much well, are these costing them? Uh, they're, they're 160, yeah, whatever. Right. You know, they're up I there. I got huh? these for like 40 bucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Keep that off the air. They're brand new. <laughs> no, well, this was years ago. This is when they were down. This is when they were down. That shows you how much pickup basketball I, I've been playing. I like it. I think Jordan. Yeah, he's certainly shown he can last. Yeah, but then, but then I changed my mind. Okay. I said no. I think LeBron. It's got to be right. Right. I mean, yeah. you how talk- can we? not say him he's still playing i guess though what is he gonna do what, what do you think well, th- what's but, the next step but his pizza well hang on he's he's invested in pizza franchises okay that uh i guess have so he's copying off. peyton manning yeah well no but this was yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe um and he has other on you know he invests in entrepreneurs yeah i, I have A-Rod, seen that a rod's doing some of that too yes um so lebron was my thought but jordan is so I think far ahead of the game. It's hard to see LeBron right? screwing it up, though, right? I mean, just with the personality and the charisma. Right. I, no, I, he's I, not going to stop making money. No, I, I agree. Yeah. I think he's going to be I don't a think spokesman for. I don't think he's an owner or a coach, right? That doesn't seem. Well, he's to not fit. a coach. No. Yeah, he doesn't like coaches. I can see. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if he'd want to. You know, he, he would have to amass that kind of wealth to acquire a team now. Team value, values are ridiculous. Billions. Right. Super crazy Billions. right now. And I don't think, you know, Jordan doesn't own 100% of the Hornets, no, I don't no, believe. So, no. um, but that's certainly just part of it. You I know, like it. That's a good question. So those, those are, you know, I, I liked your answer with A-Rod. Yeah. Um, you know, baseball player, that certainly makes sense. Um, I, it's got to be baseball or NBA because NFL, they, will, they won't ever make It won't be much. American soccer. I can promise you that. No, <laughs> it will not be an American yeah. soccer player. Well, it definitely won't be hockey no. uh, either. But yeah, it's going to have to be a, a player that takes his wealth he's amassed while competing, yeah, and invests it into other businesses or teams. And and that, that I, I think Roger Federer's got a chance. 
I think oh, that's that's, a, that's fascinating. Yeah, that's a yes. guy. He's got to have quite a big master already, and then uh, I mean, every, nobody wants to uh, shy away from him. I mean, he's a yeah. But the interesting thing about Roger Federer is he earns like so he has endorsement deals. Yeah, that's essentially salary. He when he, the money he makes from competing is the bonus. Yeah, that's right. Right. I mean, I, I think having your logo is like it. Right. When you have your own logo, well, you have your own brand. You, yeah, you're, right. The Federer yeah, you're, brand. Yeah, you're you've made it. That's it. Right, but that's where Jordan. Oh yeah, right. Oh my gosh, I mean the Jordan brand. That's pretty fascinating. Yeah, because LeBron is even has not caught the Jordan brand in basketball. The Jordan brand. He is, stayed away from it, right? Pretty yeah, much. Yeah, the Jordan brand is still the number one brand there is in <laughs> basketball, and probably even right in all. Of, uh, all right, let apparel. me let's stick at that. Ready? Take, I'll give you a, career earnings, Michael okay. Jordan. Well, in it's gonna basketball, be, it's going to be lower, not baseball. <laughs> Uh, his career earnings in basketball. 1984 to 2002. I'm going to say- With three years missed, remember. I'm going to say he made, boy, career earnings in- ba- This is salary. 16 seasons, Michael Jordan's career earnings salary. I'm going to say it was $90 million. 93. All right. That's, pretty, that's good enough. Yeah. We'll give you the win. All right. But what did he make from Nike? All, I mean, he, from the Jordan brand- Unlimited. Hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. That was a pretty. I'm, I'm proud of my yeah. guest. That, that's what we have to end the show. Yeah, that's I a had mic a, drop. I had a great. <laughs> that is a mic drop. All right, uh, you can find all the contract information. We we talked about a lot of stuff here today, but you can find the NFL stuff on there. Go look at the baseball contracts too. Mike was talking about and qualifying offers. That's all there. Everysportspotrack.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>